You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Emilio Despirito, and I'm happy to be here with you every Sunday. Uh, you know, talking about my favorite subject and hopefully yours too, and that's real estate. What a market we're in right now. Um, a lot of changes though happening here. So we're really going to zone in today on uh, what we need to be focusing on going into spring. If you're a real estate agent or if you're a seller or a buyer, I think you're going to get a lot out of this segment, you know, because real estate is nothing more than analyzing data, right? So that's what we're going to jump into in a second. But, you know, if you are a new listener or if you've listened before, um, I always give out my cell phone number on this show because it's important to have a resource in the area. So if you need me, feel free to call me anytime. 401-359-2338. Happy to help you navigate through your real estate process, whether you're selling or buying or relocating anywhere in the world. Our brokerage has shops all over the place. I think five, five continents, 1,000 plus locations, 16,000 advisors worldwide. So we've got you covered. Uh, good stuff. So yeah, we've got a jam-packed show today with a lot of great segments in there, a lot of great people coming on. Uh, but right now, I want to make some clarity. I wanted to clarify a couple of things. Um, we've seen over the past few weeks, the press talking about uh, talking about how inventory has hit its record low in Rhode Island. Inventory meaning the amount of homes for sale has hit its record low. Now, uh, this is not fake news like I talked about last week. This is late news. Okay, so this is news that really should have hit a month ago, but the press is always far behind on statistics and on the news. But having access to the MLS, the mobile listing service, where all of the home sales that are quote unquote on the markets, so this is none for sale by owner for the most part, all of the stuff that hits the market is on there. And we can see firsthand what is happening, what's active out there. Okay. We have roughly 600 active single-family homes, and that's up roughly 20% from the lowest um, that was on the market. Okay, so that's not so bad, guys. Um, to be to jump up 20% uh, month over month in inventory is a good sign. There's more homes out there. There's more homes coming on the market, and yeah, homes are still selling very, very quickly. So of course, it's still a competitive market. And we don't have enough inventory, but now we are getting out of that low, low inventory. Spring is ready to start blooming. And we totally believe that there's going to be a massive amount of inventory hitting. We have a lot of sellers that were on the sidelines waiting. You know, maybe you're waiting. Maybe you're like, ah, you know, I just don't, don't really have the need really to move. Yeah, this home's maybe too big, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe if I downsize, I'm going to be paying the same. So maybe I'll hold out, you know, and that's kind of like some of the conversations that people are having with their families or, you know, in their own head, you know, what is the incentive right now for me to sell my home or will I be able to go find something else? And that's been, that's been happening now the past few years, uh, with this low inventory market, but 
the good news is that buyers who are also selling, who are active on the market, are finding this. Okay, so I did a survey in my brokerage. We have about 25 advisors. So with our 25 advisors uh, at Engel and Volkers here in Rhode Island, what I did was I took a survey and I asked them, you know, out of everybody here, uh, you know, who has had clients, you know, find a home, not find a home, and who has had clients that had to uh, couch surf? Okay, like what is that called? Couch surf? I don't know what that's called, uh, but where you basically live on your parents' couch or, or a family member or a friend's couch for you know a little while until you find a home. And then I also asked how many people had to stay in like Airbnbs or hotels. So surprisingly, there was only about five percent, five out of a hundred clients that had to do the Airbnb slash uh, hotel thing. And there was about 10% that had to live with family members. So that's 15%. So 15% out of 100, 15 out of 100 clients were unable at that exact time when they were to sell to find something. Now, about 10% of those uh, were able to find something within about 60 days from there. And then the rest are still looking. Okay, so if you break it down, five out of 100, we're having an extreme hard time finding something. But when we look at those buyers, they're all in competitive, super competitive price ranges. We're talking between two to $400,000, and they're looking to purchase in super competitive markets. Okay, so it's not all the same for everybody. Everybody has a different experience. Everybody has a different um not experience. Everybody has a different need. Everybody is looking for different locations, different price ranges. Okay. So you should really look at what you got, look at where you're going, understand, analyze the market regularly. Okay. Get all of your ducks in a row so you're ready to go when you need. I think, here's what I think. My prediction on the market. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Engel and Volkers. I'm Emilio Despirito, licensed real estate agent here in Rhode Island uh, and the co-owner of Volkers, um, covering worldwide real estate. But right now we're talking about the market right now and how many more homes there are on the market and how the media is late to this news, not fake news, but late to the news when they're saying that inventory has hit its lowest, it has not, it's up, it, it's going up 20% since last month and that will continue to go up. So I was just about to give my prediction. My prediction is with the rising interest rates, with the rising mortgage rates, and we should see about three more hikes this year, okay? We're already at between 4.5 and 5.2 or so. I'm not qualified to do mortgages, but that's what I'm seeing, okay? so. That's up quite a bit. Okay. So, what I see happening is that the buyers with uh, lower qualifications, maybe their credit score is tighter or they don't have as much money in the bank or, you know, they're just not as qualified as some of those other buyers are starting to fall off. Okay. So, this is going to help those price ranges, which we were talking about a little bit earlier before, I would say between two and $400,000. And this is going to open up more inventory for first-time buyers and for downsizers. This is, you know, while we want everybody to get homes, this is good news if you're well-qualified and hitting the market. 
So I do see inventory to continue to increase as these uh, prices continue to increase and as the interest rates continue to increase. Now we've got people also saying, hey, Emilio, well, aren't the home values going to start to drop down? No, no, I do not see home values dropping down because of interest uh, high rate hikes. Interest rate hikes, I think, are needed as much as they stink. They're needed. We've got to uh, make sure a couple of things. We've got to make sure to help out with inflation. It's through the roof. We've got to tame it down. And the way you do that is you increase rates. Okay, It's one of the ways to do that. So I'm no economist, but it's just a little bit of that information I know, and I know enough to be dangerous, as I think a lot of our listeners do too. Uh, but more importantly, these rates going up with the low, still low inventory is going to still allow for appreciation. Um, what we track here is called the market absorption rate. Okay, so when you have more buyers than you have supply, and when homes are selling under six months, of time okay then you are in a seller's market i'm sorry it's five months and when homes are selling under five months on market that's a seller's market and what that indicates is that there's low supply and in those markets you see prices escalate anytime homes are selling between five and six months on market is a balanced market and over six months on market is going to be a buyer's market and that's where you can see prices start to decline um, that's where you see them decline. So we're far away from that. Homes are still selling in three days, one day on market, 10 days on market. I mean, they're going, they're going across the state. The average is well under 30 days on market. So I don't see any indications of prices coming down at any point soon. So wanted to give you guys that, uh, that market information. Uh, and you can give me a call if you have any questions in regards to real estate or if you need anything at all anywhere across the globe, real estate related, 401-359-2338. We're recording right here on Rhode Island. Again, I'm Emilio Desperado, the co-owner of Engel & Falkers, licensed real estate agent here in Rhode Island with a team covering Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here. News Radio 920, 104.7 FM, the Spirito Team Real Estate Show, and also streaming on iHeartRadio WHJJ. We've got Ted Tapuzis, attorney at law, real estate law specifically, coming up soon. Be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 104.7 FM, also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is your show all about real estate. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show. And uh, today we've got Ted Tapuzis, the owner of Tapuzis and Associates. And he's got an office here in Warwick, Rhode Island, as well as down in Florida and covers Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Florida. Specifically thanks, on real estate. You're welcome, sir. And welcome back to the show, Ted. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Surveys. 
surveys. I know you wanted to jump into surveys. It's a topic that really doesn't have to come up often in Rhode Island because we're on survey state. We can talk about that in a second. But there are some times where titles are held up because of situations, boundary disputes, easements, encroachments. Maybe people didn't show up. Maybe there's 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 stuff that was missed over the course of 10, 20, 30, 100 years and uh, that we uncover. So go ahead. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Thanks, Emilio. I appreciate it. I, I uh, you know, every so often, you know, the question is raised and, and, um, and, you know, and I think it's a relevant um, uh, uh, topic because um, you're seeing a lot more development of property uh, in recent months and years. Um, and, uh, and with the development of property, you know, lots of times, there's uh, lots that, that are bigger that are subdivided and uh, and turned into like multiple buildable lots, um, and uh, and so I did have an, uh, this come up um, in a recent transaction, which I thought was an important uh, um, thing to, to to discuss today, uh, because um, you know the, the, there was no issue on my part in, as far as what we did, but uh, but I think there was a uh, a little bit of a uh, concern. Um, that the um, the lot lines, the way they were um, established, um, might have um, not been, you know, I, I wouldn't say disclosed properly because I think it was disclosed. I think it wasn't, um, uh, it, you know, the, the, the buyer was a little bit uh, confused as to, um, you know, where their lot line began and ended, you know. So, um, and, and it was also because of the way that the property was flagged. Um, and, and so when a surveyor goes out to a property they, and they, they determine the, the boundaries of the property, um, usually what they do is they put a marker in, um, you know, on the, uh, the lot lines um, to make sure that, uh, you know, and they usually like these metal rods that they just hammer into the ground. Um, you know, because you want to know that is the line that, that you know, you, you know, on the other side of that line, obviously, is, is not your property on, on, on the, the, the side uh, with, with your home is your property. And, and you can't, you know, uh, you know, build something or, or you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, use the neighbor's lands um, unless you've got a right to use them, you know, with an easement or that, that type of thing. And, you know, so. You know, when, when uh, and, and there was a little confusion on this one transaction that, that, that you know, uh, closed last year. And, you know, it was um, is because the the flags that were listed that were that were noted in the um, on the on the neighbor, what turns out to be the neighbor's yard were um, not flags that were resulting from the survey, but they were flags uh, resulting from a um, from a water line that was that was placed in the ground prior to closing. And so, you know, it is confusing because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, how do you know what that flag is for, you know, and the assumption shouldn't be that that's the lot line, you know, uh, you, know you, you need to look at this uh, at a survey. If there was a recent survey, you ask for it. Um, there's no reason why you can't, especially when you're purchasing this property, you know, this, and it was recently subdivided. So in Rhode Island and, and Mass, um, you know, in order for um, a property to be subdivided, there has to be an administrative subdivision. It has to be recorded in the public records, and and it, that's all based on a survey that's 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 done. It, it predates your closing, so it doesn't happen after the closing, and that's and certainly that's what happened here. But you know, the question that 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 uh, um, that the parties had, or the buyer had was okay. Uh, you know, I I'm, or just an, an assumption was made that 
the where those flags were located was where the property line, um, you know, be, began and ended. And so, you know, that's that's where my property line is. And, and you know, it wasn't called into question until recently that, in fact, it wasn't there. It was uh, it was uh, much closer to the property. The survey showed where the lot line was, you know, so um, they the buyer didn't look at the survey. Um, so I, I don't know They maybe they did, but they didn't realize, OK, this is the you know, from the property out to the lot line is so many feet. OK. And, uh, and, you know, maybe the measurement wasn't taken because the assumption was made that the flags were the lot line. So, you know, the, the lesson to be learned, I think, is just, um, you know, measure it out if you have a survey um, and also look for the, um, the, the markers, the rods the, that are in the ground. Um, they usually have a flag or orange flag that, uh, that's, that's like uh, uh, tied to the, 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 um, the rod. And, uh, you know, in order to put in a fence, put in a pool, put in an improvement on your property, uh, we've discussed this many times before, um, even on, the, on your show, Emilio, um, you know, make sure that uh, you, you pull a permit to do that. You can't do it without a survey uh, because we want to make sure that that improvement is put on your property, not on the neighbor's. Oh, yeah, because if, if it doesn't bite you right now, it will when you go to sell. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you might be told afterwards, um, even before sale, um, hey, uh, I don't think that that fence or that improvement is is on my on, on your property. I think it might be on mine, you know, and you don't want to have to go through the expense of moving it again. No, so a lot of people do this stuff. Yeah. When you're disputing with neighbors, it's not fun. I mean, you know, you you, you walk outside, you you know, looking around, you don't want to talk with anybody, you run to your car. That's that's not how it should be. No. I've, I've heard so many stories of, you know, prospective clients and uh, even clients, you know, with situations like that. It's just uncomfortable for everybody. So it really is. It really is. And there's nothing worse than if the town comes in and tells you to rip down a pool. You know, no. Oh, you got to move it there. Well, if you're moving it, you got to rip it down. And now you're paying for the install. If it's an above grade, install all over again. Don't ever, ever build an in-ground pool without permits because oh, God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're talking, yeah. nine, you know, it's a nightmare plus grand. Yeah. Emilio, it, it, this issue came up, uh, you know, again, six months after the closing and, uh, you just don't want to hear about it after the closing. You want to, no. you want to be, uh, you know, comfortable with the transaction that you just closed and, and, uh, and not look back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do the right thing. If you need, if you need any context for survey companies, we've got some great ones, you know, keep in mind folks that these guys and girls are out, you know, months, months, they're just slammed right now. And, like everything else, you know, there's not enough people doing the jobs to keep up with the demands. But, you know, I did want to mention, Emilio, one more, one more thing, um, just for the audience, too. Um, you know, we typically as you started the com- the, the, the segment out, um, it's not something that we do very often because we're not a, a, a survey state here in, in Mass, Rhode Island, even Connecticut. Um, yeah. You know, it's important uh, also for the audience, anybody who's listening to that's that's like looking to purchase a property. Um, it's not something that we typically do um, on a closing. The only time that that would come up uh, that, a, that a survey is needed on an existing property, a used home, um, is uh, if there was an issue with the legal description found uh, during the title search. 
So if let's say the neighbor, you know, records something and says, hey, your fence is on my land, or if the legal description doesn't tie up to a, you know, the full lot uh, uh, dimensions, then that would be something that, that um, you know, would need a survey to be done pre-closing. But usually we don't need to do it. And, uh, and it's, it's just, uh, we just disclosed that uh, at, at the closing that um, no survey was done. If you want, need one done, you need to do it after the closing. But, you know, this is one of those situations where the flags were relied on and they were, you know, uh, assumed to be in the, in the, in the spot where they, they thought they were, but they really weren't. So um, just a lesson learned. You know? So we, we recently had one without uh, bringing in property names or anything in Coventry. And it was one. So in, in your whole career, and you've been doing this for how long? 20 years? Oh, 27. 27 years. All right. So, damn, almost three decades. Okay. So you've done thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I mean, everything from closures to land to condos to single family, whatever, right? Commercial. Mm-hmm. So with all of that under your belt, you've never seen anything like this one in Coventry. Can, can you give an idea of what that dispute was all about, what, the, what that situation was all about? That was really unique. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, too. Um, thanks for bringing that up. Um, that was the, the issue there was that, that it was, I, I believe it was um, an, a uh, you know, old school deed that uh, was typed up with an old typewriter. You know? and, um, and when it was typed up, it wasn't really proofread you know, thoroughly and, uh, you know, a, a small dimension or type typographical error was made 1.43 feet. Um, and that carried over from the sixties, the mid sixties, all the way through, um, to like the eighties, the, in, in the 1980s, they, um, in a title search that was done, um, they caught the, the, the issue. They thought they corrected it, but they didn't cause they, got a deed from some a party that wasn't on, uh, you know, wasn't an owner of that, that, um, that parcel, the 1.43 foot parcel. Um, and so that deed became, it was an ineffective deed. So, yeah, but, but, you know, that's, it does happen. Um, and it was a weird thing that happened there because um, the, this, the, this Coventry noted the uh, discrepancy um, on their plan. And uh, so, you know, and it's been there for 50 plus years. So it's, it's kind of crazy. We're, we're working on getting that resolved um, and, uh, and hopefully we'll have it resolved. And this is something that, you know, it didn't happen. Um, it happened, uh, we, we discovered it because on a seller rep file, we don't usually do title search. Um, we, you know, because the buyer will um, usually do the title search when they um, purchase and they get a title policy issue um, as a result of that search. Um, so it came up um, in a uh, in a closing where you know we were told, hey, I think there's a discrepancy here, and we had to go and try to figure out a solution. The uh, the parties were no longer in existence, you know, like a years and years ago, you know. So so it's uh, it, it it caught us by uh, by surprise, you know. I, it did help that a survey was done um, after the after that closing failed, but um, and we're working on it. We're almost there. Yeah, and we are. But how, how how long of a process has that been? Just to give our 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 listeners, oh, you're all over. <laughs> it was, uh, I'd say, like eight months, maybe. Eight months, yeah, eight yeah, nine not, months. Not quick. Now, luckily for our seller, they're going to benefit from this market because the market has really, you know, gone up, gone up. quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So they're absolutely going to benefit, which is nice, good for them. You know, I hope good they for them. Sock enough extra money in their pocket to cover all these expenses that come with it because it's not okay. cheap. 
I feel bad for them. I really do. But, you know, it's something that should have been caught when they bought the property because they, oh, yeah. they only bought it, you know, less than 10 years ago. Uh, and it was overlooked, but it was, you know, in, in the uh, attorney's um, or the title and title underwriters uh, um, defense, um, it's been overlooked for 50 years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good stuff. So needless to say, any title, real estate questions, law related, boundary disputes, anything at all, you can see Ted Tapuzis at Tapuzis and Associates. And by the way, if you go to Google and I always speak in there and you say Tapuzis and Associates, you're going to have a hard time finding them. You really will. Google does not know how to find Tapuzis. Ted, I do this all the time. <laughs> so what I have to say, all right, I have to say Rhode Island real estate law Ted Tapuzis and Associates, and then you pop up. And then I come up. Funny. Yeah, and then okay. you come up. I don't know if Siri does it better. She may. Who knows? But, uh, with Google, that's what you got to do. But you can go to TA Closings, right? Isn't it TA Closings? TA Closing Law. Closing yeah. Law. TA Closing Law dot com. Dot com. Yep. Yeah. All right. TA Closing Law dot com. You can reach out to Ted there. Let him know <laughs> you heard it here, or you can call me direct 401. 401- three five nine two three three eight with all of your real estate needs and we'll connect you with the parties needed surveyors attorneys whatever you need. but good stuff ted thanks for being here with us yeah, right. today thanks amelia appreciate it so much you too so thanks again for tuning in this is the disparate team real estate show powered by tapuzis and associates we're going to be right back here in a couple minutes with the ri mortgage guy stay tuned we'll be right back this segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now back to the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's Emilio Desperado, and we're here today on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show, powered by Movement Mortgage with Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. You may also know him as the RI Mortgage Guy at rimortgageguy.com or the rimortgageguy.com. So we're talking about keeping things affordable right now. As rates creep up, people are looking at ways to make their pricing on their mortgage. So we're going to be talking about what is PMI and how do you get rid of it? Matt, all yours, buddy. The floor is all yours, sir. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a very important topic at the moment because as we've been reviewing week in, week out, month in, and year in and year out since basically COVID started, the prices of houses has gone gone up. The appreciation has has raised in, incredibly and different parts of the region are different, seeing different percentage growth. But one thing's for sure is that pretty much everywhere there's been some enormous appreciation. Uh, New England has been in Rhode Island specifically has been, a you know, a, a place where you've seen ranges go to 40% appreciation, 25% appreciation, 30% appreciation. I think that a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, 
uh, incoming residents from the metropolitan areas of Boston and New York and, you know, the COVID and, you know, quite frankly, they, you know, you see them relocating to, you know, a little bit less populated areas like Rhode Island, you know, Rhode Island is a little small state and Southern Mass and things like that. So the, the, the competition has gotten crazy and the price of houses has gone up and it's almost tough to keep track of it because it's always changing so much. But one of the things that if you're not moving and if you're not changing states or locations and you're staying put, it's like, okay, well, you know, my house, I bought my house for $300,000. Now it's worth 425. You know, is there a way to make your payment better? And one of the things that we're looking at immediately is, okay, can we get a better interest rate? But one thing that really hits the ball out of the park is when we can also take care of getting a lower interest rate and reducing or getting rid of PMI or mortgage insurance. And, um, you know, when I, when I'm having these conversations, one of the questions I ask everybody is, do you know what PMI is? Uh, and people are like, well, we know we don't want to pay it, but we're not sure. Like, well, what is it? Like, why do I have to pay it? What, what, what you know, nobody's actually really described it and, and had them understand And PMI is private mortgage insurance. Um, FHA and government loans, it's called, uh, uh, MIP mortgage insurance premium. Um, so there's different acronyms to cover the basically the same thing. And it's, it's basically when you're a homeowner and there's less and less than you have less than 20% equity in the, in the value of your house. When you go to close the funding for the loan, the mortgage company requires, and this is universal across the country, some version of, uh, mortgage insurance. And, what that insurance policy is doing is an insure it's ensuring that it's a it's a a premium that the buyer is buying but it's an insurance policy for the bank so that way if there's ever a foreclosure or they have to take the house back or there's a short sale or something that insurance premium is to make sure that the bank gets their money back no matter what um is basically that how that goes and one of the one of the frequent things that I'm that I frequent conversations that I'm having, most popular one is is let's say someone purchased a home with an FHA mortgage. Usually, it could be a multifamily. They they want to owner occupy one of the units. Want to do an FHA loan? It's because it's a low down payment. You only have to put three and a half percent down, and um, and it, they get a great rate with it. But the one of the the bummer parts about the FHA loan is that that mortgage insurance is on there for life. So the only way you can get rid of the PMI for an FHA loan and get into a no PMI loan is to refinance. And you'd have to wait until you had a certain amount of equity to get rid of that mortgage insurance to be able to get into the new loan. So do you have to be at 21% at that point to get out? For single family homes, you have to be at 20% equity um, for them to be able to get, get rid of the PMI. For multifamily loans, you you have to be, you have to be for a two family. You have to have, you could be at fifteen percent equity to have really reduced PMI, twenty percent to get rid of PMI, and then twenty five percent for three three families and four families. So it, it can get kind of confusing. Uh, that's why you want to talk it out with a lender and and really know the next game plan. If you buy a, a three family with an FHA loan, what does my house need to be valued at and what do I need to pay my loan down to get rid of this mortgage insurance and um, FHA 
mortgage insurance is is not always cheap. Uh, you know, the four or five, six hundred thousand dollar multifamily these days, the PMI is two, three, four hundred dollars a month, depending on the, the the loan amount. So it's a big part of the payment, and it can be it can make or break a dramatic difference when you do the refinance. So um, it, the the, the strategy is it's a it's a short term strategy and a long term strategy. Talk about how to get into the house, how to become the owner, how to put a low down payment down, but then talk about the the future. What's the next step to be able to make this situation better? And that's a strategic refinance to get rid of the the PMI. Um, now, let's say you're buying a single family home. You have 800 FICO score. Um, you have five percent down. You do conventional financing the mortgage insurance is going to be on there because you're still putting less than 20% down. But with conventional loans, once you pay the premium down to 20%, uh, the principal balance down to down to so that you have 20% equity, the PMI can come off without having to refinance, which is one of the benefits of doing a conventional loan is that you, at, in the future, you will have a reduction in your payment because this PMI is going to go away. Yeah. So, all right. So somebody has, first off, you know, somebody may not know where they are equity wise. They may go on Zillow. They may go on a different website. They may get like the, the estimated value and it's a ballpark, but these values are off specifically if you have a unique area, like if you're on waterfront or you're in a, you know, just um, different communities, it's just Zillow is I've seen 26, 30% off. Well, That's crazy. You know, there's been oftentimes with customers of ours where they bought a house and and they they made an improvement for something. They've they've really did some some crazy landscaping in the back. Uh, you know, put in some sort of like a new new kitchen or new bathroom or cleaned yep. it up somehow. And Zillow doesn't know that they weren't there taking pictures and you know. It, it, seeing whether you put granite in or marble or you know some sort of uh, tiled shower like they they are taking taking care, uh, credit for that and therefore you know it's a it's it's a very quick way to do it and get to a, a good approximation and a range but to really oftentimes with people that are refinancing to get rid of pmi i'm circling back with their real estate agents to see you know what the what the fair market value is based off of if they were if the agent was to sell the house today, what would you think we would list the price for? And um, taking into consideration all of these improvements that may or may not have happened, you know that's that's a that's a huge help is uh, trying to figure out you know what the value is with these refinances and getting rid of PMI. Nothing is concrete until we get that appraisal back. So it's a, it's really important as a, for a customer to work with a lender that's going to go through the different comps and the value of a home to be able to make sense of it. If, if this is a good time to do an appraisal on the house and get rid of this mortgage insurance, uh, there's enough data out there to do the homework without having to charge any money to make sure that it makes sense to then spend the money to get the job done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you are in a situation where thinking about potentially refinancing because you want to get rid of PMI, it's quite possible that you could have enough equity in your property to move forward. Our advisors here at Engel and Volkers are happy to help you. There's no obligation. There's no charge. We're here for you. You know, uh, no problem. It's a service we provide homeowners. We want you to save money. 
And uh, we want to meet you because there might be somebody you might know we can help. And if we establish that relationship, it's a win-win. And then, of course, if you do want to get refinanced or you want to purchase a property, we can connect you with Matt. Easy peasy. Give us a call, 401-359-2338, or you can contact the rimortgageguy.com to get started there. So, again, if you want to have any questions about your mortgage, the rimortgageguy.com. Or if you'd like to see where you're at to get rid of, potentially get rid of PMI, you can contact us at 401-359-2338, text or call, and I'll get back to you. Good stuff, uh, Matt. Um, hey, before we let you go, Matt, I'm curious, and I think our, our listeners are curious too, uh, the amount of pre-approvals coming in. I know refis have really like pretty much halted. There's really not much refis going on right now. But the amount of buyers coming to the table to get pre-approved, have you seen that traffic slow down since the uh, rates have gone up? Yeah. You have? Yes, it, yes, it, yes it has. And um, it's the first time I've ever seen rates this high before. Um, to be honest with you, um, you know, lock in, I do have contracts coming in and, uh, pre-approval letters are going out and contracts are coming in, um, probably a, a new, a new application at every, every other day or so is, um, is where it was for a long time. It was two a day, three a day. Um, so every other day is a, you know, slows down. Um, and then contracts, Used to be every day once you purchase and sales agreement. Now it's like a couple times a week. So it's still helping a lot of buyers. Really, really thankful to have the amount of people that we're helping. But it definitely have it slow down and locking in rates I've never locked in before. This is a record breaking times for for interest rates for sure. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for the remainder of the year. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But again, for our clients or our, our I'm sorry, our listeners or clients you know, that were, uh, you know, not on the first segment of the show, Matt, you weren't on, on the segment. I was actually saying that increased mortgage rates are actually going to help increase the amount of inventory on the market. And those well-qualified buyers are still going to be going in and scooping up those homes. We don't see any indication that the market is going to go down as Right now, you know, it's what happens is as long as the inventory remains lower than what is needed, which will be for the foreseeable future, um, you know, you're not going to see a balanced market or you're not going to see a buyer's market. We're going to continue to see a seller's market and it's just how the cookie crumbles. So if you're on the sidelines waiting, no problem. But if you want to see what it looks like to sell and buy or buy right now, give us a call. 401-359-2338 or go to the rimortgageguy.com and you can apply right online for a loan. Good stuff. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Right back in a couple minutes. Right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see
right. We've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com here with us each and every single week. She's talking about the top five events happening here in Rhode Island. Jen, welcome back. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Just noticing four out of the five events are primarily outdoor events too, which are great. Means the uh, weather is getting warmer. Um, Saturday, April 9th is the State Street Artisan Festival from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in Bristol. Um, you can kick off spring by shopping with local artisans, artists, vendors. Uh, there'll be fine art, pottery, jewelry, handmade clothing, um, organic home and body products, fresh flowers, fresh produce, and so much more. And then the stores in the area will obviously be open and typically run specials too. So um, a great chance to support our local vendors. Mm-hmm. Saturday, April 9th, if you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, you can hop aboard the Coastal Queen for an evening cruise with piped-in Jimmy Buffett. Um, it departs at 6 p.m. from Jamestown, but it's definitely 5 o'clock on the Coastal Queen. Um, you can cruise the East Passage of Narragansett Bay, listening to Jimmy Buffett hits, and enjoy the beautiful sights, including Rose Island Lighthouse, which is an amazing place to stay, too. Um, Clingstone, Fort Adams State Park, Hammersmith Farm, and much more. It's a 90-minute cruise, and tickets are $38 per person. Um, Newport Restaurant Week continues until April 10th at various locations through Newport and Bristol County. Um, participating restaurants offer a variety of delicious deals. There's prefix menus, buy one, get one, gift cards, promotions, um, and much more. So it's a great chance to get to Newport and try a different restaurant or some one of your favorites. And again, it's until April 10th, so you have a bit of time to get there. Um, if you're looking for pictures of the Easter Bunny, the Roger Williams Park Zoo will be offering photos with the Easter Bunny on April 9th and 10th and April 15th and 16th. You can also, you know, spend the day and say hello to the zoo critters um, and pose for a picture with the Easter Bunny. And I think, yeah, because the 16th is the Saturday before Easter. So Friday, Saturday before Easter and then the weekend before. Um, water fire is a good time too. Water fire preseason basin lighting. Um, will take place on April 9th at 7.20, which also means sunset at 7.20. So that's a good thing, too. Um, until 10 p.m., the evening celebrates the Gordon School. So if you're interested in learning, you can go early and speak with administrators, faculty, and students about the diverse programming and educational opportunities available there, where you can just go and enjoy the um, preseason water fire basin lighting. Awesome. They can check them all out at riblogger.com. Jen, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. Awesome. Great show today. I'd like to thank Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com, Matt Bates, the rimortgageguy.com with Movement Mortgage, Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis Associates, and most importantly, you, our listeners. Thanks so much for being here with us every single week. And again, you can reach out 401-359-2338 with any questions. And of course, our producer, Andrew, and our station manager, Bill uh, George. Good stuff. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Emilio Desperado. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Take care.